The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, what's up? It's Savannah. Welcome back to the third episode of My Thoughts Exactly. And before we get started, I just want to say a really big thank you. The past two weeks of My Thoughts Exactly and just seeing your guys' responses to it and seeing how excited you guys are has really just meant the world to me. And it really has convinced me that we made the right decision in making this podcast. I get so excited whenever you guys post that you're listening to the podcast. Like when you tag me on Instagram or anything like that, it literally makes my day. So I just wanted to say thank you so much. And before we jump into today's episode, I did want to go over just one quick housekeeping item, and that is that we are switching up the schedules a little bit as far as what Killer Instinct and my thoughts exactly are going to look like going forward. So how it's typically been from always, literally, is Killer Instinct has always uploaded the podcast version on Wednesdays, and then on Thursdays, it's always been the video version. And so at first, for like the first week of My Thoughts Exactly, we did the same thing. We posted the audio on Wednesday and the video on Thursday. But we have since then decided to kind of switch things up a little bit. So instead of having, you know, the audio on one day and the video on another, we're going to create two separate days for each podcast. So Killer Instinct, you're going to have all the Killer Instinct content on Wednesdays, and then you're going to have all the My Thoughts Exactly content on Thursdays. So I just wanted to let you guys know, just so you're not confused and think that I'm losing my mind. I'm not. We're just switching it up a little bit. But with that being said, you guys, today we are doing something that I have not done. I don't really even know the last time we did this. I think it's got to be a couple, at least a whole year by now, probably two. And as you can see by the title of today's episode, today we are doing something called What would Sav do? Now, these are my favorite, and let me tell you why. What would Sav do is something that I started doing probably four years ago at this point, and to just sum it up, essentially what it is, is you guys write into me via DMs on Instagram, which if you're not following it, you definitely should. It's just my thoughts exactly podcast on Instagram. So I ask you guys on Instagram for whatever's going on in your life, what you want advice for, what situations you need help with. And then I come in and I tell you what I 
Sav would do in said situations. Hence, what would Sav do? So like I said, I asked you guys on Instagram to send in your what would Sav do questions. And if you're not already following the podcast Instagram, you definitely should. That way you don't miss out on not just this, but anything. I'm always posting on there. I'm always going live on Instagram, on the podcast Instagram. So I definitely recommend you checking it out there. So I don't know if you guys can tell, but we've definitely got some to go through today and I'm really excited to just jump right on into it. So without further ado, let's get started. Okay, so first one, I'm 24 years old and I've never been social. How do I start? I feel awkward. I had two kids at a young age. Now I can relate to this partially because I am 25 and very antisocial. And this question is also going to fall into another episode that we're going to do in the future in regards to how to make friends as an adult, because I think that that's something that not a lot of people talk about. And I don't really know why, because I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Now for me, I am very antisocial. I am very much a homebody. I sometimes get my spurts here and there of wanting to go out and have a good time. But once I do that, I'm literally good for like two months. I could stay in my house forever after that. And then the cycle returns. I think in this situation, the first thing that you have to do is pretty much just accept exactly what you've said, which is that you've never been social and that you feel awkward. And I think it's important, like sometimes getting into social situations when you feel awkward, you're like, why do I feel awkward? Like, I feel like no one else feels awkward. I'm just the one that feels uncomfortable. And I think it's important to remind yourself that feeling uncomfortable in those situations, especially if you're not used to it, is so okay. And to not be too hard on yourself for that, I think it's really easy to, when seeing everyone who's having or seeming to have such an amazing time being social, it's easy to look at yourself and be like, well, why can't I be like that? What I will tell you is that obviously making friends as an adult is hard. We all know this, um, but I think that there are ways to navigate it. Something that I will always swear by, even though I do think at first I definitely thought it was like a little iffy, but something that I've actually met some really good friends on, surprisingly, which I would never have thought is Bumble BFF. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but essentially um, the Bumble dating app has several different categories in it. And one of those categories is BFF. And for someone who moved to a new city, not knowing a single soul, That was actually something that was really helpful for me because I was able to go on there and essentially it almost looks like, or it is a dating app. You're just kind of swiping left and right to people who you think you would click with and vibe with. You can write a little bio and it's a dating app for friends. So if I were you, that's kind of where I would start because in doing that, you can find people that have similar interests with you. There's also moms on there. So you can find people with other kids if you want to set up like mom dates with your kids, things like that. I think that that's the first thing that I would do if I were in your shoes because I know that it can work. And then through that, you'll probably meet some people who have other friends and through there, you'll meet their friends and it's kind of just a snowball effect. So I wouldn't be too hard on yourself, but I would encourage you to kind of push yourself because for someone who's also not very social, it's very easy for me to want to say no and not want to put myself out there because I would so much rather just stay on my couch. But I would encourage you to say yes every once in a while and just put yourself out there a little bit when it comes to friendships. I feel like everyone always says like, oh, put yourself out there when it comes to dating. But that also applies to friendships as well. 
Okay, next one. I love my boyfriend so much and so does he, but we fight so much. What would Sav do? Okay, so something that I have always said and I still stand by to this day is that when the bad outweighs the good, that is when you know to walk away. There's not a lot of context here. I don't know how long you've been together. I don't really know what you're fighting about, but when you're fighting just to fight, that's definitely something that's exhausting and it's not a good quality in a relationship, obviously. I mean, constant arguing is never a good quality, but I think that it's important that if you're at a spot where the bad is outweighing the good, meaning that you're having more arguments than you are just like cordial conversations, that's definitely something to look at. And I think it's important to look at what the root of all of the arguments are about. If there's an overwhelming amount of those happening, there's typically an underlying reason for those arguments that's bigger than what you're, you know, being petty about in the moment. So if I were you, I would have a conversation with yourself first. I mean, obviously when you love someone, the hardest thing in the world to do is walk away. But I think sometimes when the bad outweighs the good, it's really time to kind of, you know, look in the mirror and have a conversation with yourself about what you want your future to look like. And then ask yourself what you want your relationship to look like. I mean, you probably want a relationship that doesn't involve a whole lot of fighting, that you guys can have, you know, cordial disagreements and come to an understanding and respect each other. And so that is something that I would bring up with your boyfriend. So I guess what would Sav do in this situation? I would, like I said, have a conversation with myself, kind of, you know, come to a conclusion on whether or not the good is outweighing the bad. If it's fixable and if it's something that you truly at the bottom of your heart want to fix and you have to ask yourself, do you want to fix it or do you just want to remain comfortable? Because I feel like a lot of times it's really easy to fall into a pattern of like, oh, it's just easier to stay and like I'm comfortable and whatever. But a lot of times when you're at a position where the good outweighs the bad and you're fighting so much, is it really worth staying? That's the question you have to ask. And I know you love each other and obviously you wouldn't put up with it if you didn't, but I think that that's a really just important question to ask yourself. So I would ask yourself that and then I would have a conversation with him and see if there's a way that you guys can alter your communication. If it's something petty or if you're arguing about like more bigger issues at hand, I think that that should be addressed either way. What would Sav do after going through a devastating breakup where you thought he was the one? Okay, let's get into this. So I can definitely relate to this and I totally understand that mindset of like thinking that someone is the one and something that I've always told myself and something that's really helped me in a lot of these, you know, dating situations is that what's meant to be or what's meant for you will always be yours. I think that's the saying. What's meant for you will always be yours. So that, along with my pre-existing belief of like everything happens for a reason, what was really helpful for me was just understanding that the breakup happened for a reason. And if he truly is the one, and if that truly is your person, then that is what is going to happen in the end. Because whatever is meant for you will always be yours no matter what. So if he actually is the one, then you guys will probably find your way back to each other. 
Now, what I also will say though, is that time is one hell of a healer. And I know personally, had I stayed in a very toxic relationship where I thought he was the one and I thought that I was just supposed to be miserable for the rest of my life, I wouldn't be in the amazing situation that I'm in now with the amazing man that I'm with now. And so I totally understand that when you break up with someone, you have tunnel vision and that tunnel vision leads you to kind of spiral and think that, you know, like I thought he was the one, how could he not be like, this is devastating. This is heartbreaking. And I know for me, something that I really struggled with is that I always wanted the other person to be happy. And I initiated my last, you know, big relationship breakup. And that was really hard for me because I didn't want to hurt him and to know that I did was something that was severely devastating for me. It was something that I never wanted, but I knew that for my own sanity and my own good, that that's what had to happen. So again, just remind yourself that what's meant for you will always be yours and that everything happens for a reason. And I promise you over time, things will start to look up and things will start to get better. Every experience that you go through makes you stronger. I know I sound like a Hallmark card, but there is a reason that cliches are cliches. It's because there is truth to them. And honestly, okay, here's the thing. When you're going through it, you can't see it, but I promise you there are so many other people out there that you're going to vibe with and you're going to click with. I think that throughout life, you are supposed to meet a plethora of different people and kind of pick and choose what's right for you and who is right for you. And there was a reason that this breakup happened. So I would continuously remind yourself what that reason is and take whatever you didn't like from that relationship and apply that whenever you're ready to looking for a new one. Breakups are always hard. They're always devastating. There's a reason it's called heartbreak. And I think that, you know, I have a whole video on this on my YouTube channel called Heartbreak Pep Talk. It's the very first one I did. And I think that it's the best one that I've done. So I would advise you to go listen to that because it's definitely more of a pep talk. But I think that you know, understand that you are going to be okay. And I know it might not feel like it now, but there will be a time where you are going to feel whole again. So what I would advise you is just to, you know, put yourself first in this new chapter of your life and do a lot of self-care and healing and romanticize your life. And this was an end of a chapter for one relationship, but you still have so much life ahead. And I will also tell you after going through a multitude of breakups, after every single one, I kind of was like, oh my God, like how am I ever gonna get over it? And then you just do because more people come along and you have new experiences and you meet new people and things just change. So I know it's probably doesn't feel like it right now, but I promise you, you're going to, you're gonna meet more people. You're gonna be okay. I also don't want to ignore the fact that it is really important to allow yourself to be heartbroken and to be devastated and to be upset. And personally, I have like a three to five day rule dependent on the severity of said breakup, but give yourself three to five days to fully grieve and to be upset because it is a loss and that shouldn't be discredited at all. But after those three to five days, if that's how long you need, hopefully it's shorter, but who knows? That's when you pick yourself up and you start moving forward because the more you live in the past, the more you're going to feel stuck in the past. So that is my advice. 
When you find yourself in a situationship, especially when they call you my girl, but not girlfriend. Okay. I have so much to say about this. You have no idea. We're doing a whole episode on situationships coming up. So stay tuned for that. But here's the thing. The number one rule about situationships is that it is not under any circumstance a relationship. The two are not mutually exclusive and I hate to break it to you, but neither are you guys. I know that was probably mean, but someone needs to say it. Here's the deal. Situationships are, in my opinion, so fucked up. I think that they are such a mind fuck and I have so many thoughts on them, but here's what I will say about this specific what would Sav do thing. No matter what, a situationship is not a relationship. So I don't care if he's calling you like my queen, my princess, like my favorite girl in the whole world. If he has not asked you to be your girlfriend, then none of that matters. And I will tell you why. If that was the truth, and if that's really how they truly felt deep down inside, and I'm not saying they don't like you because they do to an extent, clearly, but if they don't like you enough to actually have the respect to make things official, if that's you know, if that's the direction that both of you want to go in, or at least one party does, then the rest of it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Again, I don't care what he's calling you if he's not calling you his girlfriend. And I remember something that I used to do, kind of toxic. If the guy that I was talking to said something about like something that he thinks about me, whether that was like what my favorite food is, you know, what my favorite show is, or, you know, didn't you say that? Or something like that where I can use the phrase wrong girl. I would do it anywhere I could because what I wanted to see is their reaction. I wanted to gauge their reaction to see if they told me, you know, like, oh yeah, when you told me about your favorite show, Law and Order, this is such a stupid example, but you get what I'm saying. And if I were to be like, "Mm, nope, like wrong girl, because I wanted to gauge if they would be like, I just wanted to gauge what they would say. And so for example, okay, and this is just a little example, um, my last situationship that I was in I remember he came over and we were talking and we had been talking for months at this point and I was just very confused I was very confused on it all and I remember we were making dinner one night and he said something about or if he said like oh remember this place that I wanted to take you and I would be like no like wrong girl and I remember I said that because I wanted to know if he would be like no like you're the only girl for me or if he would be like oh haha and kind of brush it off that was really what I was trying to gauge so I could see what I was working with here and I remember when I told him that he was like no like not wrong girl like you're literally the only girl and I remember I took that sentence and I ran seven miles with it because I was like, there's my answer. I'm the only girl. He's not talking to anyone else. And regardless of whether or not that was true, because uh, plot twist, we did not stay together. Um, But regardless of whether or not that was true at the time, I took that and I ran with it and I just kind of expected and assumed. And there was a lot of problems with that. This is going to be a whole story time one day, let me tell you, but in this instance in particular. So when someone's telling you like, you're my girl or like, you know, you're my favorite or, you know, whatever s- stupid pet name they want to give you, or if they're like, no, like you're the only girl, like if they're not calling you their girlfriend, 
it doesn't fucking matter. So I don't care if he's calling you your girl. Um, I know that it feels nice in the moment. I know that it's sweet and it's like, oh, like, thanks. But again, you need to look at this like realistically. And if that's what you want, like if you want to be the girlfriend, then that's the conversation you need to have. And we can have a whole episode on how to do that Um, because I think there's definitely a good way and a bad way to bring that up. But again, I think situationships are very tricky and I think that they're a mind fuck on so many different levels. And if he's calling you my girl and I mean, there's two ways you didn't specify in the question whether or not you want to remain in a situationship or if you want to be like girlfriend status. But again, those are two very different things. And if you want to remain in the situationship status, which I can't imagine that you would, but if you did, no judgment. And I would just say something along the lines of like, you know, or I mean, this could work either way, really, if you wanted to be like, you know, sarcastic about it. You could just tell him to stop calling you his girl because he won't make it official or like just stop calling me your girl if you're not going to actually mean it. That's what I would say, because I like to start fights. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You and your ex are on a break, but you are still hooking up. There's no progress, just sex. What would Sav do? Okay, so again, this is very, from the, you didn't specify in the question, but from my understanding, just from what I would assume, I think that you do want progress and you guys just aren't talking about it. Um, First of all, there's nothing wrong with what you're doing if you're okay with what you're doing. So if you're okay with just being, you know, friends with benefits, which is essentially what you are right now because you're not dating and you're just hooking up with one another, um, then just keep it the way it is. But again, I don't think you're okay with that because otherwise you would not have told me. So if I were you, nothing is going to change unless you try and change something because clearly from my understanding your ex is going to have no problem with just having sex without the title because seriously like why would they they are really getting the best of both worlds in this situation they don't have to have the title of a relationship so they can kind of go off and do whatever they want to do as can you but they're also getting the benefit of the physicality and intimacy of the relationship that you were in So if you want this to change, you're going to have to be the one that says something or what I would do is I would just cut him off. That's what I would do because I think that they're going to obviously, you know, be confused and that's going to warrant a conversation. It's going to force a conversation. And in that conversation, what I would say is like, 
listen, I just, you know, if we're going to be broken up, then we should be broken up. I don't want to continue having a physical relationship with you if we're not going to have an emotional one too. I just think we're kind of running in circles at this point. And so if, you know, the consideration of getting back together is on the table, then I'm down with that. But other than that, like I'm not going to continue hooking up with you unless there is some sort of a commitment. And the big sister in me like wants to tell you that like you don't even need to do that because this person is obviously like not worth your time really because they don't value you enough to continue having a committed relationship with you. They just kind of want the benefit part of the relationship. But if that is something that you personally want, like if you want to get back together in the relationship, then that's the conversation that needs to be had. So I would just take everything off the table and see what they do personally. Okay. How long should I wait before hooking up with people after being in a serious relationship? Okay. I actually have some insight on this, obviously. Here's the thing with this. This question is very circumstantial. It's completely dependent on the person. There is no right timeline. So like you can't sit there and be like, okay, next Tuesday, I am going to be ready and I will allow myself to start hooking up with people again. That's just not the way it's going to happen. Um, or that's just not how it works. Here's what I will tell you is that you will know when you're ready and to give yourself all the time that you need. I think that when you get out of a serious relationship, you definitely go through a grieving process and it's hard. And then you come out of it and then you move on. But again, there's no set timeline for how long to wait, when's the right time. I can tell you personally, I mean, for me, when my, so my last serious relationship ended in May of 2020 and we were together for two and a half years. And like I just mentioned a couple minutes ago, at the end of that relationship, I was devastated and heartbroken because I had hurt someone really badly. Not because I did anything wrong. They were actually the one in the wrong, but I ended the relationship and I was just distraught over change and all of that. And so it took me a while. I don't think I actually ended up hooking up with another person for a month after that. And that was in the height of COVID. So I can't say it wouldn't have been sooner had COVID not been a factor because I would have been out and just partying and whatever. Um, but I waited a month. Some people might wait three months. Some people might wait three days. I think it's very dependent on the person. What I will say is just allow yourself to heal in getting out of a serious relationship, whatever that may look like for you. It's going to look different for everyone. And there's no textbook. There's no rule book. It's all on your own timeline. And I would encourage you to give yourself grace to heal through that timeline, whatever that may look like for you. And not to beat yourself up for it either, regardless of how long that timeline looks for you, whether it's on the shorter side or whether it's on the longer side. It's your life now. You're single. You get to do what you want with it. What would Sav do in taking back an ex? Well, Sav would not. Um, no, I, I get what you're saying. Um, again, all circumstantial, all situational. You have to ask yourself why you guys broke up and if there has been growth since that period on either party side. If you really want to give it a second shot, I say go for it. Has it ever worked out in my favor? No. So that's all I can really tell you. 
What would Sav do when you know you need to end the relationship, but you cave when he promises that he'll change? Okay, this is something that is really upsetting just because I know this feeling and I know the feeling of wanting to hold on to the hope. And there is a song, shoot, what is the song called? It's a Daniel Bradbury song and I need to find it um, because it just, it describes this perfectly. And I put it in a playlist video like a long, long time ago and I need to know what it's called. Oh, it's called Potential. The song is called Potential and the basis of the song is that I'm not in love with you. I'm in love with your potential. And that is something that rings so true. I feel like, especially in circumstances like this, because when you know in your heart that you need to end a relationship, it really is important for you to listen to that instinct because your gut never lies. And when you're caving because, you know, the person that you're with says like, I'll change and I'll do better and whatever, you're not staying because you want to be with who they are. You're staying because you want to be with the potential of what they can be. And the fact of the matter is, is that you can't fall in love with potential and you can't date potential. You need to be dating someone for who they are in that moment. And if that's not going to work for you, then you need to exit that relationship and that's not a bad thing you're not a bad person for that and I think that a lot of times when we get into these cycles of okay I'm gonna leave and then the other person you know pleads and says like I'm gonna change and I'll do this and I'll do that it's easy because you want that person the person that they're saying they're going to be is the person that you want and so when you hear them say that it's almost like okay, they're saying it. So I know they can be it because they understand what I'm saying. So I'm going to stick around and it's just an endless cycle. And I think that it's so important to honor your instincts because they're not lying to you. And if someone doesn't have the respect for you, especially the person that you're dating, if that person doesn't have enough respect for you to honor their word when saying that they're going to change because it's going to be for the betterment of your relationship, then I also think that that says a lot. If they're not willing to, you know, work on themselves and change what needs to be changed, then do they really honor the relationship at all? And do they really honor you at all? The answer is no. And that sucks to hear and it's shitty and it's really easy to, you know, be like, okay, well, I'm just going to like take him back because he said and whatever. And it's, it's so easy, but I will tell you from just past experience, I think that there has been so many times where I wish I left earlier than I did. There's never been a time in a relationship where I wish I stayed longer because I had the same problem of confronting the reality, asking for change, not getting it, saying that I was going to back out and then being warped back into it because they promised me the potential that I wanted. And that's all it was. It was just potential. It never became a reality. And so if I were you in this situation, I would just, you know, come to the realization and it is hard. It's not easy, but come to the realization that you have done all that you can in order to try and change the relationship for the better. And I would step away. I would step away from the relationship and say, these are the things that need to be changed. They clearly can't be changed while we're together. So I'm going to step away. And if they can be changed while we're apart with the goal of getting back together, then let's do that. And if not, then we're just going to go our separate ways. Because at this point, you're really just wasting your own time. This 
This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. What would Sav do? I found out my friends with benefits has a girlfriend. What Sav would do is Sav would stop talking to the friends with benefits. And I think that, I don't know. I've never been the person to DM and reach out to be like, hey, like I have been sleeping with your boyfriend, but that's because I've never been with someone who's had a girlfriend. So I don't really know what I would do in this situation. But now that I'm older, I probably would say something because I would want someone to tell me. Like if someone was messing around with my boyfriend and then just like didn't say anything once they found out that I existed, and this is under the assumption that they didn't know I existed beforehand. But like, if someone just didn't tell me, I would be so devastated. Because how I view my relationship and all my relationships in the past is that no one should have access to you the way that I do. No one should ever feel like they have a one up on me. And that's how I view my relationships. And so in this situation in particular, if you're messing around with someone's boyfriend, then you kind of have a one up just in the sense that you know something that she doesn't. I would say something. I would just DM the girlfriend and I would say, listen, I'm so sorry. You know, come at it with come at it with empathy, of course, and just be like, listen, I'm really, really sorry. I had no idea. I just found out about you and I wanted you to know. Relationship advice for someone who has never had a relationship before. Alrighty. Well, I would say my biggest piece of advice for someone who's never had a relationship before is a couple things. First of all, consider yourself lucky because it is hard out here. But also on a more serious note, just, you know, don't knock yourself for not having a relationship or not having been in one. I It doesn't sound like you are, but, you know, just on the off chance that you have those thoughts, because I think it's really, you know, easy when everyone around you is in relationships and especially in like the colder seasons when everyone talks about like cuffing season and all of that. It's so stupid. But just remind yourself that what is meant for you will always be yours, like I mentioned in the beginning, and the right person will come along at the right time and you will know if that is what you want, if what you want is a relationship. I think that it's really important just to allow yourself right now to enjoy 
the time that you have being single and like the season of singleness. And I know you could probably counter that by saying like, Savannah, I've been single my entire life, but there will come a day where you won't be. I think that there's something really beautiful about the season of singleness. And I think that there are ways where, you know, you can date yourself, like I mentioned in last week's episode and romanticize your own life before you romanticize a relationship. Now, if your question is, relationship advice on how to get into a relationship. Um, I don't think you should force it. I don't think you should get into a relationship just because you've never been in one before and you just want to like test it out and see what it's like. I think that, you know, you should allow yourself the time to let it happen naturally on its own, whether that is, you know, dating apps or meeting someone organically, But I just think that you should allow it to all happen on its own timeline because it all will fall into place the way it's supposed to. And then you're going to look back and be like, I understand why it all had to happen the way that it did. I have a friend who calls me stupid and makes me feel like I'm insignificant. Help. Okay. That's not your friend. Um, And if you haven't said something to her already, I definitely would have or her or him. I don't know if it's a girl or a guy, but if you have not said anything about this already, I definitely would. And then based on the reaction that you get to, you know, you expressing your feelings, I would either consider continuing the relationship or the friendship, sorry, continuing the friendship on a boundary driven basis, like have your boundaries set up where if this happens again, you remove yourself from the situation and you remove yourself from the friendship. Or if you're met with like hostility and being called stupid again, I just would remove yourself from the friendship completely and just not give her the chance or him the chance to, you know, continue treating you poorly. The way I see it is like, it's so hard to make friends in general. And I just hate seeing when friends are taken for granted. I think that's like a big pet peeve of mine is when people in general get taken for granted, especially friendships, because it is really hard. And so I would express your feelings to them if you have not already. And if you already have and they haven't listened, then I would think about removing yourself from that friendship. And don't feel bad about bringing it up because I think a core part of friendship is honesty and you should be able to be honest with your friends, the good and the bad. And I think that, you know, you're obviously not going to be comfortable in this friendship until this is kind of squashed. So I would be honest and bring it up and just say, listen, like I love being your friend, but when you call me like stupid and you make me feel insignificant, that's not something... I'm down for and I love our friendship, but I can't be surrounding myself with people that make me feel like that. If someone told me that, I would literally feel so bad. I would probably cry. So I would say that. Okay, next one. I really want to ask this girl out, but I only see her when she's at work and I don't want to embarrass her. Okay, well, if you don't have her on social media, which would kind of be like my first go to if I were you like if you do have her on social media then I would just message her there if you don't want to like embarrass her publicly at work which I don't know how that would be embarrassing but I don't know and if you don't have her on socials I would pull her to the side at work because I don't think that that would be that embarrassing if someone asked me out at work I wouldn't be like oh my god that's so embarrassing why would they ever do that how could they ever what a disgrace no I'd be like that's very flattering and it also shows that like you're not 
afraid. Now, obviously, like you got to take her answer with, you know, whatever it is, whether that's a yes or a no. If it's a no, then it's a no. But I also think that there is something to be said about someone who's able to ask someone out in person. I feel like that that's not really done a lot these days. And so I wouldn't be embarrassed. I would just kind of be like, that's really nice. I'm catching feelings for my boss who I have agreed to have a strictly sexual relationship with. Okay, you kind of screwed yourself over before this even started. Um, To have a sexual relationship, strictly sexual relationship with a figure of authority that you're going to be around on a consistent basis is not the smartest move. However, we have passed that now. So what I would tell you is, you know... I mean, I guess it's tricky because he's your boss, but if he's a normal level-headed person that's not a psycho, what I would do is I would just be like, because here's the thing, you're catching feelings. So you have one of two options. You can either tell him like, listen, I'm catching feelings. Like we shouldn't do this anymore. Or if you don't want to be that honest, you can just be like, I'm done. Like, and just not do it anymore. It just depends how honest you want to be. And it also depends what you want out of it. I don't know what the relationship really is like. I mean, you say it's strictly sexual, but like, I don't know. I think it's obvious that like, if you're having a strictly sexual relationship with someone, like a friends with benefits relationship, which I also just have a hard time with because I just, I don't feel like friends with benefits works. I think friends with benefits only works with someone that you're not around on a consistent basis and that you're only around when these little like hookups happen. Other than that, I don't think it's possible to not catch feelings. So I would just either do one of two things. I would either tell him that you're catching feelings, see what he says, and then based off of that, it may or may not end. Or I would just tell him, I can't do this anymore. Like, sorry. I just think it's important that you're honest with him and yourself because who knows what could happen. Maybe he is weirdly on the same page. You never know. And you're never going to know until you say something. So, and he might not be, but I do think that it's important for everyone to just kind of be like on a leveled playing field. But I do think it's important to be honest because if you're honest, then like he can't really question you on anything. You know, like if you just like disappear weirdly, he might be like, that's really suspicious. But if you tell him how you're feeling, you just never know what might happen. But don't do that again. Don't get into any hookup relationships with people that you have to see on a consistent basis. If you are engaged and you slept with your boss, it is obviously cheating, but what would you do after? Oh, okay. Um, I... Gosh, I don't know. That's a really hard one. I think it's really important to be honest. And I know that that's probably the harder, or at least it appears to be the harder thing to do. However, I will tell you why it's not. If you are anything like me, guilt eats you alive. I would have to say something just because I wouldn't want to go into the marriage with any like secrets or weird things going on. Um... And I know that that's a harder answer initially. However, I think that you would feel a lot better because this would always be hanging over your head. And I would probably tell the person that I'm with, not only because you deserve it, but they deserve it as well. They deserve to know who they're marrying and they deserve to know who they're engaged to. Um, And they deserve to be able to make a decision based off of that. And when I say that you deserve it, I mean that you deserve to be able to move on with your life, not having this hanging over your head. So I would say something. 
A guy that I'm seeing is bisexual and he says he likes me, but keeps making comments about other men, keeps saying how attractive they are and he'd like to see what's underneath. What do I do? Okay, I would bring this up to him 100% and just say it along the lines of like, listen, I know, and I would just say something along the lines of like, listen, I totally, you know, don't want to come off like I'm disrespecting your sexuality or like sexual orientation at all but i don't feel comfortable when you make these kind of like crude comments towards other men not for any reason other than i'm the person that you're seeing and i wouldn't want you talking about anyone like that girl or guy it doesn't matter like i just feel like that makes me uncomfortable that's what i would say because who wants to sit there with the person that they're with while they're talking about how hot someone else is i would literally lose my mind So that's what I would say. I would address it very quickly and then shut it down very quickly. And again, it has nothing to do with, you know, them being bisexual at all. It's just more so having enough respect for you, the person that they're seeing to not make inappropriate comments around you or in general. Okay, last one. Hi, Sav. I'm a mom to my daughter who's turning one year this December. My boyfriend, who's also her father, hasn't helped me financially at all this whole year. He doesn't have a job and he doesn't really have to because he lives with his parents while I live alone with our baby. His solution one day while I was stressed out about being behind on bills was to go back to work, which was where he cheated on me with another coworker. I'm glad to see that he's choosing work, but I'm not seeing why he has decided to go back there. I have to know what would Sab do? Okay. From what I'm understanding, he didn't go to work and cheat on a coworker this time. This was a place that he had cheated on you prior with a coworker. What would Sab do? Okay. Here's what I would do. I would have a very honest conversation with my boyfriend and I would say, listen, I am so appreciative of the fact that you are working, which I don't feel like we should be applauding fish for swimming here, but at the same time, not the point. Just, you know, acknowledge the fact that you appreciate that they are working and that he's, you know, taking care of things and, you know, making money and whatever. But also at the same time, this also should kind of be common sense. Why do you need to go back to work with the same place that you cheated on me? First off, if the coworker isn't there anymore, it wouldn't bother me that much personally. However, if the coworker still is there, that is a huge no-go. Um, obviously it was his decision to do it in the first place. It would be his decision again. It has nothing to do with the coworker really, but it's just more so to out of respect for you. I would just tell him if, if the coworker still worked there, I would tell him, you know, you working there does make me very uncomfortable just considering the past history and what happened before. And I would really like to consider maybe you getting a job somewhere else that's not there. At the end of the day, It doesn't matter where he works. And I think that that's kind of the bigger picture here. It will not matter where he works. If he wants to cheat, he will. Um, He could work at a totally different place all the way across the country. And if he wanted to cheat, he would. So I think the bigger question here is to ask yourself, you know, do I want to be with this person, period? Do I want to have to worry every time my boyfriend does something as simple as going to work that he's going to cheat? The answer to that is a big fat no. Um, so I think that's the bigger question to think about here is, you know, do I really want 
to have to worry all the time. Do I want to worry when he's going to work that he's cheating? Do I want to worry, you know, when he's going to work that he's lying? So I think that this is a multi-layered, what would Sav do? Um, If you want to stay in the relationship, obviously there's no judgment there. Um, And if you wanted to stay, and if he's still working at the job that makes you uncomfortable with the coworker, then I would say, you know, listen, I appreciate that you're working, but I am uncomfortable. And I would really appreciate as the mother of your child and your girlfriend if you would consider getting a job elsewhere but then on a grander scale I would encourage you to ask yourself if you think that you deserve to constantly be in this state of worry with someone who doesn't really seem to have their shit all that together and that is what Sav would do All right, you guys, we are going to end the episode right here. Thank you so much for tuning into the third episode of My Thoughts Exactly. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I will be back next week on next Thursday with a brand new My Thoughts Exactly episode, episode four, and I'm really excited to see you there. Make sure you go ahead and follow My Thoughts Exactly on Instagram. It's just at My Thoughts Exactly podcast. It'll be in the description, and I will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye.